Love Talk Radio. This is Dynamation. This is Dynamation. This is Dynamation. This is Dynamation. Dynamation will be brought to the screen for the first time in color with the release of Columbia Pictures' The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Dynamation is a new process which utilizes new technical and scientific advances in electronics and color to open up vast new vistas in motion picture entertainment. Some of this demonstration film is being projected in color, some in black and white. But the feature picture itself is entirely in color. Anything the mind can conceive can now be brought to the screen. As for example, this scene from The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, in which the Princess Parisa, played by Catherine Grant, is reduced to doll size by the magician Sokura. The outflung arm of the sleeping princess actually shrinks before your eyes. This effect was achieved by taking the camera back slowly for 40 feet. To prevent the slightest movement of the arm, Catherine Grant was tied to a stake, remaining motionless and scarcely even breathing. The pillow on which the princess sleeps while the magician is shrinking her was 25 feet high and 40 feet wide. It occupied one full corner of a soundstage in Madrid, Spain, where most of the picture was filmed. The princess, originally life-size, was reduced by shooting from 70 feet away. Finally, the various components of the sequence were put together in the Technicolor optical printer in London. In Dynamation, producer Charles Schneer and special effects expert Ray Harryhausen have combined animation, normal human action, and trick photo effects in color. Principal actors like Kerwin Matthews, who plays Sinbad, Catherine Grant, Richard Eyre, the genie of the magic lamp, and Torrin Thatcher, the magician, are used in combination with three-dimensional figurines. The process has been years on the drawing boards and in actual testing with color film. In the seventh voyage of Sinbad, you will see the two-headed rock of the Arabian Nights Tales, a bird with the wing spread of a jet airliner. You will see it attack a shipload of sailors and carry Sinbad away in its talons. You will see a fight to a finish between a 50-foot cyclops and a 100-foot dragon. You will see an astonishing sword fight between Sinbad and a skeleton which comes to life at the magician's bidding. Every movement in this sequence was carefully plotted in advance with precise markings for Sinbad and for insertion of the skeleton. Matthews, playing Sinbad, was coached by Italian Olympic fencing coach Enzo Greco in endless rehearsals, during which the fencing master stood in for the skeleton. Later, the actor had to pantomime his every move without his opponent. Then the skeleton was inserted via dynamation to match the movements of the fencing instructor. Sinbad is the eighth wonder of the screen.
Welcome to another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a geek girl podcast from our perspective. And I am the head hauntress, and welcome everybody another Tuesday night, and here is the Sexy Witches are here for you to tell you all the cool geek happening in our community. And we have a really fun show tonight. We only have one guest, no guest host tonight. Um, he'll be calling in soon. His name is Bobby Easley. He's the director. He owns uh, Horror Wasteland Pictures, and he is the director of the upcoming cannibal film, Belly Timber. And what our main subject is tonight, a soft animation film called The Devil's Dogs of Kilo Company, who stars uh, Bill Mosley and Kane Hodder and Phil Anselmo as some of the voices on that. So uh, we'll talk about that in a few, but first let me introduce my sexy witches. First sexy witch, she is from Clifton Forge, Virginia. She is a uh, dangerous woman on the horror con circuit up and down. Look her at Colonial Theater, look for her at Scares and Cares, look for her at Walker Stalker, look for her anywhere where there's a celebrity guest that she can get a signature from. And... Uh, also, uh, she happens to be my partner in crime, and she just got off the picture. Plan 9 for Out of Space, where she was a featured zombie. So please welcome to our show my sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. How are you doing, sweetie? Good. How are you, birthday girl? I'm about a half a bottle of Jameson's to the wind right now, so <laughs> I'm doing all right. The fact you're not so. slurring, I'm very impressed. Oh, you know, I can handle my liquor, sort of. Uh, you know, it depends. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's been a very mellow day. A beautiful weather and Jameson, and that's about it. It's all it's really been today. But I'm been kind of enjoying myself. But the show must go on, birthday or not. So here I am on Sexy Witches. So let me introduce my other sexy witch, and she's from the West Coast, currently living in Seattle, Washington. She is a aspiring filmmaker and a published author. Look for her writings in Living Dead magazine and also for her popular YouTube and blogs. Well, please welcome to the show my very sexy werewitch, Queenie Todd. How are you doing, sweetie? I just got in, so <laughs> I'm a little forced, yeah. but here, I'm here. Yes. Seattle traffic is evil. It's awful. I've started my show in traffic before, like like I've called in and like called in. You know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Like I said, the show must go yeah. on. So yeah. other than being stuck in traffic, how has the last two weeks been um, treating you? Oh, I've been keeping busy. I've been doing um, – crafty stuff for my online shop that I'm going to launch very soon. So, you know, yeah, stuff. that's exciting. Thank so what you. kind of things are you going to sell in your shop? Um, just kind of like witchy curio type things. Like so far I have these things called dream pillows that I made recently. Um, my bone art's going to be in there. I got like a ton of wax, so I plan on making some nice dripping candles. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a couple cool things. 
So we're looking forward to the drop when you drop the the, the, sh- the shop online, and we'll all be very looking forward to it. So uh, Thank you. Uh, myself, I've been catching up with a lot of movies, like in the theaters, on TV, in the DVD player. Uh, I did catch Suicide Squad. I did catch Florida oh, Foster Jenkins. Um, I've been watching a lot of horror movies on TV, on on the boob tube. I just got Sling Television. Like, Netflix has a whole good bunch of horror movies right now. Yes. Have you seen Baskin? Yes, they do. Have you seen Baskin yet? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Wasn't it so good? It blew my mind. It reminded me of, like, those Italian Hellraiser. It was yeah, like Turkish Cenobite. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, a culty kind of thing. It was, it was awesome. Oh, so good. So good. But well, anyway, I haven't seen Basket yet, but it's on my list because Fright Meters has been talking about it. Yeah. So we definitely I'm trying to think of what else. I've seen so much lately, I can't even tell you what I've seen. Oh, I finally finished up Mockingjay. I saw the last of the Hunger Games movies, which was actually pretty good. Like the third book is questionable. This was a really relatively faithful adaptation of that book, actually. But I think it works better as a film. So it did. Uh, you know. Uh, so I, I was cool with that. Uh, you know, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Uh, not amazing, but pretty good. Uh, I actually was watching, like, most, like, now that I've seen television, I was actually watching the Olympics a lot, like, the last two weeks, to be honest with you. I'm not a huge sports fan, but I absolutely adore the Olympics because I get to see all these great other sports that nobody ever features except for once every four years. And, you know, I get to root people on from other countries and look at other people and how, you know, what they, you know, I love all that stuff, how when, when cultists mash up together. Now, if our swimmers could just get their shit together, but that's oh, all sure. You know, and, and you got to remember, I live in the area of Baltimore. So when it comes to like Michael Phelps, you know, you it's Michael Phelps, man. You have to root the man, and listening to him leave on top to go out the way he did was the bomb. It was absolutely great. And actually, Rio was a hit or miss as a host uh, city, but I actually thought there was some really good sports this year. I was watching all sorts of stuff, and you know, with Russia not being in the way because of the uh, steroid scandal, a lot of other countries that don't normally get to uh, high, rise up, got to rise up and got a shot at the medal. And that was pretty cool. So that's what I did this week, the last two weeks. I nerd up on the sports. So. I did but not anyway, get to um, catch any of it. Although well, in two years when, when ice skating, is that's my jam. So I will make a point to find that TV Station was, and I want to say something about the streaming service. Like, like NBC was bitching because they were worried that they were going to have low ratings with the millennials, and they did. And then they blamed the millennials for the low ratings. It's like, no, if you know that this is going to be a possible ability, you need to accommodate your audience, not the other way around, bitches. They, you know your audience, right? So you could not actually watch the Olympics on primetime broadcast unless you had cable or you had a regular broadcast television. That's it. I, yep. can't, I can't get NBC in with my antenna. So I could not watch it, unless, even streaming it online, unless I had USA. So I broke down and got Sling Television, and I had USA and all that, but I still couldn't watch the NBC stuff. The only way I could watch the primetime stuff was I had to stream it on the radio. Uh, you know, and I'm like, come on, guys. Of course they're not watching it. You're not making it accessible. You know, the on-air stuff should be free to everyone. 
everyone. That's you exactly know. what I have a problem with. I mean, I don't have yeah. television. It's ridiculously expensive. So well, if it's not streaming online, then screw it. I'm about the same. Uh, I can't do anything but stream. Because, like, I, I have no you know, uh, cable. I have just Internet. That's it. Well, yep. neither do I. I have, I have my Roku device, but even with the Roku device, you still had to have cable. And I was like, fuck this. This is bullshit. You know, I, I, you know, no wonder they're not getting any ratings. I can't watch the show. That's not accessible. You know, so I was over. <laughs> so I think Bobby easily keeps calling in and keeps dropping off, and I'm not sure why. Uh, <laughs> I hope he actually calls in when he does. Uh, so uh, we we are waiting for him to call at 9:30, guys. But also, um, oh, while we're waiting, we have something very important. I should we should get taken care of because we didn't take care of it last episode. So we got to take of it care of it this way. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have madness to talk about. This is my theme song this year. So, yes, in approximately one month, on the 22nd of I think it is the 22nd of September. We are going to drop the rules here on Hot Sexy Witches for the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness. And this year is, is, is the Circus of Colrophobes, which is the Circus of the evil, Fear of Clowns. And so we're talking about evil clowns and dark carnivals this year. Starting today and going to the beginning of the madness, the official madness star is October 2nd. I always do a small side project, uh, side uh, contest the last couple of years. And this is for anybody that's in the Madness group. You do not have to be a part of the Madness itself. Just be part of the group. If you want to join the group, go to my Facebook pages. It's really easy to find the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness group. Just make sure you look like a real person because I get a lot of bots in there. Um, but starting today... It is the clown selfie contest. The winner will get maybe some swag, but we'll definitely get one of our posters, and our poster this year is really pretty. Uh, so the idea is doesn't matter how you do it, but it has to be a selfie, so it has to be you, and you have to be a clown. You can do makeup. You can do a Snapchat photo with, with computer graphics. You can draw a photo of yourself if you want to be artistic, but it has to be you. This is a photo of you, a selfie clown selfie. And you have to keep it in your profile for the month until October 2nd. At that point, the judges of the madness will totally pick their favorite, and that person will get a poster. If they're also part of the madness contest, they'll also get a bonus point added to their Hello. overall total. So, so here I we are. Yes, judges are allowed, and if the judge wins, okay. they can actually add, you can add those points to any one player on your team. Cool. So, uh, that, so yeah, no, I'll let the judges play. So, yeah, clown makeup. So, that, that I had to yep. make sure we brought that out because I forgot to oh. announce it last last show, but it's a month out now, so this is, works better. So, uh, yeah. for the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Contest, we will be reading the rules on the 22nd, and after the 22nd, after the air, 
uh, go onto the group page or onto my profile and click the link for the uh, rules and then comment on them, and that's how you get into the show. Uh, we have uh, five to six teams this year. We can take about seven people a team. But even though it is teams, ultimately there can be only one. And if you like to watch a lot of horror movies, doesn't matter if it's scary clowns or not, if you like horror movies and you like genre, this is the place to be, the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, a whole month of watching nothing but horror films. Can you handle it? Believe it or not, my, you're doing it anyways. I, just at, my favorite just time of year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's people I actually people got someone to join year. us. I actually got someone to join us for this year because of the theme is evil clowns because he is an evil clown. He's like, that's his life, you know? So I was like, Phil, you got to join us. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really happy. There's one, there's one person in the group whose name is Manny uh, Mangalo, I believe is his name, Manny Mangalo, and he loves scary clowns. He actually has a group on Facebook called Evil Clowns. But he actually is. He's a PR guy for Halloween Horror Nights in Universal Orlando. He's the guy that, like, he, he's, he's a social media person, announces when the walkthroughs and stuff. He is mad into scary clowns. And we've been talking on the side because normally he just kind of <laughs> spammy posts, but I allow it because I know he's a real person, right? Uh, but we've been talking on the side, and I really am trying to get him to compete because I know he's going to pull movies out of his ass that none of us know yep. about. And uh, so I also – I was like, come on, Phil, this is your life. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's cool. Uh, and I know what three are. I also have while we're waiting. I can tell you we also have the dates for the viewing party for the madness because we always do one uh, triple feature viewing party where all of us watch online together, and that cool. date is going to be oh it'll be Friday the seventh, and I can even tell cool. you what movies if you want to know what movies they are. They are it's not necessarily in this order though. It's houses that October built which is about uh, dark ri- uh, about walkthroughs and there's scary clowns in that. Uh, we're watching Mo- uh, Mockingbird, which is, I believe, about Gacy, and we are watching uh, Stitches, which is one of the better slasher films, the scary clown slasher film that came out in the last couple of years. One of my favorite deaths in a, a horror film yeah. in the last few years. Oh, my God, it's Stitches. so good. It is so funny. Yeah. Stitches is great. You know the it's the only... It's the old, uh, I've actually seen that film, and I've seen Houses of the Bil- uh, October Belt, but I've never actually mm-hmm. seen Mockingbird. So this will be actually kind of an interesting lineup this year. So matter of fact, I haven't uh, seen already come up a lot. Go ahead. I haven't seen any of the three of them, and I've actually kind of been saving up for the madness. I, I oh, love sinking my teeth into the themes, though. Oh, my God, they're so fun. It's so much fun. Well, I'm you know, the dark carnivals and clowns, all that stuff. And, you know, it's funny because I actually am afraid of clowns. But, but I've learned to fight that fear because I know it's completely irrational. But it's still really hard to research this year. Oh, my God. I mean, and people are sending me clear, scary clown stuff. I've brought it on myself. You know, it would be <laughs> clowns everywhere. It would behoove me uh, to say that uh, there are several, several episodes of Supernatural dedicated to the fear of clowns because Sam has that fear. So there's going to be multiple bonus points within that 11 seasons of Supernatural for people to hunt down. That's good to know. I actually have Mm -hmm. yet to watch Supernatural. So I've only seen one or two episodes sporadically. Last year's 
which, like, Supernatural is great because, you know, I don't even have to work because usually for some reason they're thematic. Like last year's episode, the opening episode was about darkness, which was our theme last year. <laughs> and I was like, so I opened the madness with Supernatural. You know, I was like, okay, let's get some points for this. Uh, but uh, I have to, maybe this will be the year that I finally break down and, and binge Supernatural. So I haven't really done it yet. So, but you know me. It's a commitment. Yeah, the only the only show I've totally committed to right now that I'm watching is BoJack Horseman, which is on uh, uh, Netflix. So that's pretty good. I, I finished Stranger yeah. Things, and I'm just waiting, just waiting for the next season for that shit. Oh my god, it's Stranger so Things was great. So many uh, episodes, but you're hooked. You know what I mean? Like you're just addicted to that show. It's so good. I'm not even nostalgic for the era, and it's so well executed. You don't have to be nostalgic for the era. That is like it what is I grew so up with. Good. I grew up in the '80s. Like I'm an '80s kid, you know. So that was just like nostalgia city for me. Well, it hits it in the right ways, right? And and there was yeah. little details here and there that. Like, I'm an archivist, and I noticed they were using aperture cards for, for security nope. and things like that. So, you know, they really did the research, and, and that was kind of cool. So, um, you know, uh, I guess our uh, – I was going to have a recap of Otakon, um from from uh, my friends, Kim Watts and John Hazel, because last, last episode was anime, but I don't think they've called it. It's already 921, so I'm going to call Bobby and say, hey, come on on. So give me a moment. Uh, okay. So, uh, is there any? Uh, I do want to say something about uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, yes. I'm. I Go wasn't on. a big fan of it. I. I, I wish okay. I, I was right. <laughs> I think. Okay. I. I, I really want to DC does not work again on screen. I just like. I, I really I, wanted to like it. I really did. I tried. Yeah. Really me hard. Me too. But I know too much about filmmaking. So, like, everything is wrong. Like, the editing is shit, and the fucking, like, the only thing that was good was the soundtrack. You know what? I hated the soundtrack. I will tell you, I absolutely despise the soundtrack. And this is why. First of all, just because they had a, they had, there was a couple moments where it worked. Okay, I'm not going to say it wasn't. Like, the introduction of, of Harley to You Don't Own Me is spot on fucking note perfect. Like, that's exactly Harley Quinn. You don't own yes, me. You know, and, you're, and you're just like, you know, but, but like, all these big hit songs that they paid a lot of money and royalties for, and, and clearly yeah. they were slapped in to fill gaps in the editing, which is shit. Because we, we, I, I actually think it's like last year. Last year I walked out of Straight Outta Compton going, you know, that's not the film that I was promised. There's another edit out there that's better than this one. And I was right. The director's edit is way better. Uh, yeah. And I think yeah. it's going to be the same way. I think there's two completely different edits of that movie. You could actually probably cut uh, Suicide Squad into three films, and I bet you there'll be different edits. And what's yeah. going to be a very dark I edit? One's... One's going to be a very campy edit, and then there's the shit we got in the theaters, which is all over the map. I mean, you know, Harley Quinn and, and, and the chemistry between her and Deadshot are fine, but it cut, but they don't give any time to develop. So all you end up getting is these quick cutaway lines with Harley going, <laughs> you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. Except for except for when the one time she says to Diablo, "You own that shit." Yeah. 
that was my favorite yeah, part. I love that. I, I love that moment. I, you know, you you killed your family. I hate you own that shit. The Joker and Harley, though, I hate the relationship that they have because they are happy and having fun, and he's not hitting her. He's not insulting her. She's like his everything. This is not my Joker and Harley Quinn. Okay, this is not how this works. <laughs> but, but, Go read but a can you oh, imagine had they shown it the way it's portrayed in the comics? On screen. That's betrayed in the comics. It's brutal in the comics. He nearly kills her all the time. Like, he's an I abusive know. asshole. And, you know, like, that story well, is there for a reason, to be a warning to people. You know what I mean? Like, she actually gets away it's from there. him. It's what actually there in the movie. It's actually there in the movie. I don't it, see it, it's that they cut, they cut, No, they cut away. There's actually a shit ton of footage that was not put in there, a Joker. Okay. Now, I actually don't I've mind there's less joke. I just know it's there. It's it's all exposition, so a lot of it got cut. Uh, so okay. I, I actually don't mind that, that Joker was in it in small doses. I actually think that was fine because it's not about him. It's about that's not the what I'm complaining about, though. Like, that, that's but fine. A lot of people are complaining, it, you know, but, no, they're, 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 the, 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 the uh, horrible, like, uh, you know, the, 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 it's really close to, like, being a yeah. – you know, sadomasochistic relationship, but it doesn't have the trust that that relationship needs. And they hammed it up. Yeah, and you they instead of that darkness to their relationship, it's this happy, bubbly shit. You know, driving the well, car and like he gets mad, but not at her. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> no, I so love. I did evil like darkness of the Joker and Harley story. Like, I love that. Like, that was what made me love the Joker and Harley. I didn't. I'm, they're not relationship goals for me. They're a warning, you know. Well, they, well, no, they're not relationship goals. goals. You know, no, it's, it's like it's you know, like I mean, and, and they hint, they hint at that um, that she she killed Robin right before this episode, yeah. right before the show starts. So they hint at that, and there's all these mm-hmm. things that happened in between the Zack Snyder film and this one that they kind of like hint at, but they never like actually say. Anyway, I do think there might be a better edit in there somewhere. We just don't know where it is. You know, like I hear that on the internet. Everyone's talking about it. I'm just like, okay, well, I'll just wait. <laughs> I'll be here. You know, I I broke down and went to see it. I had to, you know, cure the curiosity, you know. I had to know if it was terrible and how bad it would be. <laughs> I I knew when Man of Steel came out that it was going to be bad, and I actively avoided it. And with every new DC movie that comes out, I keep hearing the same shit, and I'm glad I've actively avoided it. <laughs> I Just well, give me my DC on television with Gotham and Arrow and Flash, and I'm good. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> You know, I'm a film masochist. I'll watch anything, even if I'm complaining the whole time. I'll still watch it. I'll watch it to uh, the fucking I, end. Oh, my God. You know, if there's movies that I am like, why the fuck am I watching this? But I stick it out. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I'm like that, too. Like, especially if I pay for it. And I'm like, all right, I paid for this right? shit. I'm going to watch I it. So, okay. Watch well, it. <laughs> Ladies, I'm going to go ahead and bring on our guest, okay? And uh, let's bring in... So, um, 
so this guy, he, I'm bringing on our guest tonight, and he is from Horror Wasteland Pictures, and I met him at Days of the Dead Atlanta this year, where I saw his movie, The Devil Dogs of Kilo Company, which happens to be a stop animation uh, movie. Now, this is Animation August. I love animation, and in particular, I love stop animation. It's one of my favorite subjects. This is how much I love stop animation. I actually brought both of my Harryhausen box sets into the birthing room with me. I didn't actually watch them, but I brought them with me. So I think I was stuck in there for a while. So that's how much I care about stop animation. And since this is my birthday, I'm like, fuck it. We're going to talk stop animation, and I'm going to bring on my guest, and his name is Bobby Easley. Welcome, Bobby Easley. You're on with the Sexy Witches. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Sexy Witches. Hello. Hey. Oh, there Hello. He is. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hello, Bobby. Welcome. Hey, sexy I'm so witches. glad. You're just like doing? saying that. <laughs> uh, I, I can hear him hey. talk like that all day. <laughs> How you doing, sir? Uh-huh. Happy was... birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. How, uh, let me congratulations on your screening at Gen Con. Uh, how did that go? Great, great. We, uh, had a really good showing and our Q and A was awesome. Thanks to gaming with Scott and uh, Indiana filmmakers network. We had a really great turnout and excited to, to be there. Great. I, I was really excited that you got to, that your, your films being well received. Uh, I am a huge stop animation film fan. So when I saw your movie, I'm like, yay, there's other people that feel the same way I do about this art. It's an art form that I really never want to see die. And I know there's companies that are doing it on a regular basis now, but it's still relatively novel to, to, you know, to see a stop animation film, especially one with yours because you got the little soldiers and you actually made a little like fantasy dirty dozen like kind of movie. Yeah. You want to tell your, tell, tell my audience about their movie. Cause they know I talk about it, but you know, why don't you tell me what your movie is actually about? Cause it's really not a real historical incident. It's kind of like one of like QT's kind of like fantasy war films, like what he wanted to happen. Yeah. Um, it's a, let's say, stop motion uh, World War II film and it's a what if scenario if the Marines had actually fought against the Nazis and I thought it would be a really killer idea to throw that out there and do it in the vein of the old Sergeant Rock comics from the 1960s and 70s um, like you know just I kept it to where there wasn't a lot of vulgarity and profanity the Marines were spitting out so it was kind of it's T for team, but I think it's really exciting to see the, the men and the explosions and stuff. You know, we, uh, we really had a good turnout with some kids at the Indianapolis Charter Lighthouse School, and they loved the whole stop motion thing and the army men. So it was right up their alley. So I think we kind of hit the nail on the head with what we're going for, like a comic book type, like you said, fantasy war scenario. Uh, it, it's definitely a lot of fun. And uh, hold on just a second. I was just handed a Jameson shot, so I'm about to take it. So cheers, everybody. Hold on just a second. Cheers. Ah, that was lovely. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I am being fed shots as I am doing my show, so you'll have to excuse me while it happens. Of course, um, it's your birthday. Hey, it's your birthday. You're well, working on your birthday, birthday, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, 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 
the show the must go on, as you know, right? So, so, uh, so obviously, I've yapped about my love for stop animation, and believe me, I can yap about this subject forever. Uh, what got you into it, Mister Easley? Like, like, what, what, what movie? Was there a movie when you saw this that I want to do that? Like, is there something that really, or, or were you always a fan since you were a kid, like myself, or? Um, what, what what got you in? What made you decide? Because it is hard to do a stop animation movie. You have to have the patience of a saint. So how did you get into it? What what made you get passionate about this enough to make a feature? Well, um, I, well I'm a definite big fan of cinema since I was a kid. And I remember the, the Sinbad movies and uh, Clash of the Titans is a big one. Uh, definitely that sticks out to me, stop motion. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, even Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that's a classic that, you know, you don't, when you look at it from a different point of view when you're doing the work too, you're like, oh my gosh, to all these years I watched this stuff and just didn't really know exactly like how they did it. It just seemed like magic. And so that's what we wanted to capture with the men moving around because we didn't actually have physical actors. So the real idea for it came from, I collect a lot of toys and action figures. The whole bottom level of my house is a museum to just cool stuff. And I have like the whole GI Joe set up against Cobra and this huge diorama. And a buddy of mine said, dude, with all these toys, why don't you just make a movie out of them? You know, have your little dudes moving around. And so that was where the kind of idea like, you know, started. And then I thought, well, hey, you know, I don't want to be moving their arms around. That's going to take forever. Let's just move little dudes around and just use what everybody remembers as a kid playing with in their yard, blowing up with fireworks and stuff and, you know, just go from there with it. And so we did a small test, and that took about an hour or two just to move a tank and a couple guys across the bridge. And then we knew what we were getting into. And it was the winter, and so we had slush and ice all over the ground, so... Needless to say, we went back inside and just painted props, and then the idea just fell by the wayside for a couple of years while I worked on other pictures. And then after uh, All Sinners Night was released, I was like, what am I doing next? And before we picked up Billy Timber, I thought, man, let's, all of a sudden it hit me. The bug got me. I started painting up props and ordering all sorts of little men and tanks and stuff. And before I knew it, we were shooting a movie, so... That's kind of how it came to be. <laughs> so basically, you're 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 you know playing with toys and said, "Fuck it, let's roll." So I, uh, you know what, that that works for me just fine. I mean, sometimes that's the simplest inspirations make the best ideas. So uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I, I have think a it's funny that a dollar I, bag of. So just a dollar sorry, bag of. I think of, it's funny that a, of toys that you get at Walmart could you know, get me to, I don't know, spend thousands of dollars and get people like Kane Hodder and Bill Mosley, you know, doing some, uh, get them How did you get the pedigree on your show? Because you've got some really good voices. First of all, Bill Mosley is is an amazing voice actor, so you have him. And then you have Phil Anselmo, who's unsung. Like, actually, as a voice actor, as a geek, I, I actually think we know. We know what his knowledge is. Uh, we, but a lot of people don't know how much talent they got. You got some really good voices to do this show. So how did how did did you approach them at a horror con, or how did you how did you get their their yes. involvement? Yes. Well, 
Well, what's funny is, um, like I said before, I knew we were shooting a movie, and there was no script, no anything. I was just set up a green screen table in my garage and just started shooting sequences, just test to see what it would do. And finally, I took all that footage and cut a real neat trailer together, took that to Atlanta, and showed it to Bill Mosley. And as soon as he saw it, he was instantly like, he started writing his agent's number down and said he wanted to be a part of that. Um, and so we went outside and I was all freaking out. Hey guys, we got Bill Mosley and I don't have a story yet. So let's go back in here and talk to Sid Haig. And I told Sid, I said, well, Bill's interested. And he said, well, I am too. So <laughs> then Sid actually, we, we had Sid uh, on board at first, but then as he had some health issues. And so we thought it's best to catch him next time around. And then I went and talked to Kane Hodder and told him that, Bill and Sid were interested, and he said, well, I'm interested. And so then went to John Dugan and told him these guys are interested. And then once I had met Phil, well, then as soon as I met those guys and got them locked on, I went home, called their agents, and then immediately freaked out like I have no story. <laughs> so I wrote the script in about 30 days, hammered it out, <laughs> got it to them, and then we, you know, got everybody together and, and figured to get that when to get them in the studio. And while the, while we were working on trying to get them in the studio, we were shooting the film because we just knew that all their audio was going to go over it. Once we got the film in the can, we were great. So we went ahead and shot, you know, got their stuff. And then we had all of our Germans, actually my friend Frank in Germany uh, in Hagen, he and his friends did all the Germans. And so when we were done, we were like, man, how can we get something else? We need something else popping. And I don't know why I wanted to have, to, I wanted Phil in this movie. Cause I knew of anybody, he's like a Rob Zombie kind of guy. He just never grew up and he appreciates this type of stuff. And so we met him a year later, films in the can shot. I said, Hey man, do you want to be in devil dogs? And he said, Oh yeah, I love voice work. <laughs> And so I thought, oh, shit, we don't even have a part for him yet. He said he wants to be in it. So went home, oh. <laughs> did it get – yeah, we added another – we added, like, three scenes to the film to where he is a top general, and we brought in, like – we thought, well, what if he can meet the president at the White House and these top brass generals are all talking about what's going on and they're all in a, you know, an argument amongst themselves. And so we really, you know, pumped up Phil's character, gave it some meat, and then went down to his house in uh, Louisiana and recorded, you know, right there in his kitchen. Uh, his uh, recording studio had gotten flooded out. You know how you know how Louisiana is. Uh, his house is up high on these tall stilts. And so Steve Bigfella, the engineer who's recorded the, the Down albums, the Super Joint Ritual stuff, like all that, he actually recorded Phil's stuff for Double Dog, so I'm really excited about that. We got Mike Christopher well, from Dawn of the Dead. We added him in there. So yeah, we got that's how we got him actually at a horror convention. Well, that's kind of funny because you know most that's people really want to do an animated do film. Well, yes and no. I mean, animated films usually the soundtrack is first. They do the soundtrack, and, like, there's some sketches of people, like, some, like we have this idea what the character's going to look like, but they base it on the voice actor, right? Uh, and, and so you guys kind of did it backwards. You shot the movie, and then you added the sound to it, which is, like, 
but it worked. It it paid off. It's pretty awesome. I'm so glad that it did. And and you've been circuiting uh, the horror con circuit now for about a year, almost a year with this movie. And so congratulations yes. on that. Are we gonna get? Are we going to get actually a distribution deal in the future? I'm I'm hoping. I'm looking for that. Definitely, we've got some interest from some people from, uh, you know, Cartoon Network. We've got you know some. We've got horror uh, film festivals and other film festivals which we've entered in the animated categories. So we're just waiting to hear back from some of those, and uh, you know, get some really positive press. Definitely in the horror world. Uh, because of the names of the guys that we're working with, as well as in the heavy metal world because of Phil and Selmo. And then, you know, we've got the whole stop, the whole animated animation crew of people that would dig this, you know? So I think it was really neat that you said we did it backwards because it was really awesome to write the story based on what I gathered from these guys when I met them, the work I've seen them in. So I kind of wrote Captain Morrison like for Bill Mosley, like how I wanted him to say, and and I and talking to him, he told me his dad served in World War II in the Navy as a pilot. Excuse me, as the in the Marines as a pilot in uh, World War II, and he actually graduated from Yale, which a lot of people don't maybe don't know that, but uh, we put that in there like the, the, as him as a captain, he graduated from Yale, and the men didn't respect him for it, and. We made Kane like a tougher guy, and John Dugan from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre made him like the the older, the elder Marine that's kind of in the field and tough as nails. So, yeah, it was <laughs> it was really awesome to do it backwards. It's funny because now I think if I was to do it again, I'd like to see about trying that. But um, it probably uh, helps to have a personality in mind just based on the person. Yeah, and oh, you know what's uh, funny yeah. is with us. With... Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I think it's funny with us because we don't have so much in this project. It's a little green man who's just moving around. But with some of the more in-depth stuff that you guys do with the hands and arms moving and stuff, there is totally a lot of body language that would, would, would fit a certain actor that would work for that part, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, Let's talk about stop animation in general. Uh, is there any other films that you've seen? It could be older films or it could be recent films. Like, are there a few stop animation films that you would say that that's the bar, that if you had all the money in the world and could do it again, like, those are the type of movies you'd want to make. Uh, like, like, like one of my favorites of all time is by far Jason and the Argonauts for Harryhausen. I mean, you can't get more sophisticated oh, yeah. oh, of, yeah. a, of, of a stop animation sequences than that film. I mean, it's the, 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 the skeletons and, and I played the Dynamation trailer at the top of the show, uh, uh, Ray Har- uh, Seventh Boy of Sinbad, which is actually some of the better composite shots from the old days, you know, blending the live action with the stop animation. And it just almost seamlessly executed. Uh, so do you have any films that you come up to mind when you think about that kind of stuff? Well, um, Clash of the Titans really just chills it, you know. And if you look at Phil Tippett and all the work he did and all the Star Wars pictures, I mean, gosh, the just the Rancor Beast and Return of the Jedi. I mean, there's just, I mean, there's so much stuff like the Wampa creature, creature, um, the Tauntauns oh and Empire Strikes Back. 
I have the hugest crush on Phil Tibbet. Oh my God, he's such a, t- a hottie. <laughs> Sorry about that, but uh, there's a ahead. there's a really neat uh, there is a really awesome documentary on him on Vimeo that you ought to check out, and it starts off with him in a bench, a park bench, and he said, "Well, back when we were working on Return of the Jedi, I went home for lunch and dropped a couple of hits of acid, and then me and my cat." Like hid under my cabinet for a billion years, <laughs> and then I went back to the set. And when I got there and I saw the big blue screen because they were using blue screens back in the day, he said he had to turn around and go back home. That's <laughs> 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 awesome. Phil Tibbet. Phil Tibbet probably did my single favorite like monster stop animation effects of all time, and that is the dragon from Dragon Slayer. I absolutely do not think there has been any better dragon than that particular dragon. Uh, he, he, the, she moves like a dragon. She walks like like a real lizard. Like it doesn't even look like a puppet. It, I just it, it always blows my mind. Now she's not really a staff animation. She's more of a puppet, and it's composite shoots. But you know, he he also did Starship Troopers too. So I, I have a huge fan of. Oh wow! Uh, uh, oh yes, yes he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, he did. So I, I absolutely love his work. Um, I actually, my first horror film I ever saw, I don't know which one it is, but I know I saw them around the same time. My mother was very good at schooling me. I saw Bride of Frankenstein and King Kong. I think King Kong might have been first because it's pretty, 1933 King Kong is really approachable. But even though it's only six frames a second stop animation, Willis O'Brien's creations still work even my daughter watches this stuff to this day someone that's been drowned in cg and and computer effects and she still is absolutely in shock and awe of this staff animation stuff it still works and i i'm not actually actually sure why stop animation still holds up even though it's clearly fake when you're watching it. even when you watch it for the first time you know it's not real but your brain is telling you it is, and you're willing to accept it. Unlike a CGI movie where your brain goes, that's CG. That's not real. What doesn't flow that way? You know? And uh, I think it's intriguing. Uh, I, I think it's intriguing for people because, you know, where the space, when we move something from one space to the next, the brain tries to fig- fills in the gaps and makes it look more fluid than it actually is. You know, it's like your mind's playing tricks on you. So I think it keeps your brain actively interested in what you're seeing. Because if you saw a trailer for a regular movie, you'd be like, okay. But if you saw something in stop motion, you're like, oh, what is Oh, whoa. Wow, look at that. You know, it's like, I don't know, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and everybody comes back. You know, it's like, what is that? Of course, there's Mad Monster Party, too. Do the mummy. I mean, Rankin and Bass, we can... We could probably do a Christmas episode on Rankin and Bass or a holiday episode at some point because most people, that's their actual introduction to stop animation is those shows, right? The the 60s Rudolph and Burl Ives and all that shit. And it's not as good as stuff that Ray Harryhausen doing, but it's still, there's something enduring about it. It continues to capture the imagination of people to this day. You know, it's so there's some there's some really awesome um you know, you were talking about horror films and I have I've shot a really like quick one minute like horror uh, stop motion film and 
it's like we don't see a lot of that, but you do look and you can see some of them. And some that stand out to me is cat with hands. Have you ever seen that? Uh, no, I Cricket. don't know. What, 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 <laughs> what movie was that? Can you repeat that, please? It's What's a creepy? short film called It's the one Cat, the cat with, with the hands. hands. Yes. Yes, yeah. I've seen that one. I, I have. No, yeah, I, I, now good. I want to see it. Oh, just the way everything um, moves and, oh, it's just, you have to yes, watch it. Yes, <laughs> I'm glad you know. That right there, like if you said if there's something I've seen really recently that was just blowed my mind, it's that definitely. And it's a short film, and it's like they they did re- they mixed some live action in it too, but the stop motion sequence just like a very twisted, cool uh, film. Have you heard of Mad like God? It, it felt like watching it like I was in another world, <laughs> this really dark yes, world. Yes, like looking. Yes, looking at it inside of like a globe or something, you know, like it's mm-hmm. it's very awesome. Um, totally. There's also a movie called Mad God. The this guy, it's taken him three years, and it's some apocalyptic, like in the future set thing, and it is. I mean, it's like robot, like cyborg things that have like worms pulsing through it, the mechanics, and <laughs> it is just. It's it is top notch. Yeah. Oh wow! I'm Those looking at it really right now. Stand out. Oh, Phil Phil Tibbet did it. That's a Phil Tibbet movie. Yes, 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 yes. That's how I. Oh my god. Yes, that's how I. I. Wow, that looks cool. <laughs> I just called it up on my computer. Yeah. Have a look at it. Wow, I have to follow it. I I, I thought I knew all his catalog, but clearly I didn't. Uh, so thank you for that tip. I'll just make sure I put that up and watch that. Um, no, I was thank trying you. to get you no, to watch. No, thank a, you for that oh. tip. It. Uh, oh, thank wow. you for that tip. Oh, very funny, very funny. Uh, uh, okay, bar, now they got bar, it. I got it. Wah, wah. Um, I was trying to get you guys to watch, and I think, Bobby, you should watch this, too. I mentioned it. There's a French film that I absolutely adore called A Town Called Panic, which is a stop animation film. And it's kind of like what, 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 what Bobby did with his movie, where he takes a bunch of kids' film. It's like a kid if he was playing with it, but in a, like a huge elaborate level with huge sets. And there's like a horse, and there's an uh, Indian chief, and a guy in a cowboy outfit. And you know they're they're the little action figures. And it's like, really? Uh, is that I on Netflix? Uh, it was. Is it's not there now. Or... It's, it it was. It was. Uh, now I, I I can check and see if it's on streaming. But uh, it is so funny. It is such a good movie, and it's just kind of crazy, over the top. But at the same time, it's totally brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, it's not as brilliant as maybe Ardman or Ladka, but it's up there. And it's definitely like the whole like playing with toys idea of stop animation. I mean, you know, there's two types of animation, stop animation uh, style. There's the Ray Harryhausen style, which is precision, trying to make it look as real as possible, making the creature breathe and live. And then there's this opposite end, which is more like what you did, Bobby, and what. Um, Wes Anderson did with Wes Fantastic Mr. Fox and what Town Called Panic does, which it's not perfect. You see the, uh, the you can sometimes see the hand, where the hand moves were. You can kind of see where it jolts in a certain way. It shows the imperfections, but in all the right ways. 
Like you, you know, it, it, it's meant to be slightly disarrayed. And, and so it really, you know, I, and neither one is better or worse, but they're both very valid art forms and very valid. You could do so much with stop animation. I just think it's amazing. Yeah, I like that. Bring on style. The there, there is. I mean, and definitely, I think you should see that town called Panic Body because it, like I said, totally reminded me of your film, but they're completely opposite movies. Yeah. Like, same idea. That's awesome. Same idea. So, yeah, I'm uh, Bonnie, but welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches. We just had a caller, one of my regular correspondents. How you doing, Bonnie? Hey, I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Hey, Bonnie, awesome. she's my sexy vampire witch of the north, Bobby. Bobby Easley, Bonnie Pavone, Bobby Pavone, Bobby Easley. Hey, Bobby. You guys have actually you probably doing? met. You probably have met, actually. She works it together. Sounds very uh, familiar. Sometimes. Yeah, she, he, you, well, you were working on Earth's film booth at Old Days of the Dead Atlanta. He had his own booth on the vendor's floor. So, uh, oh. in the back. Belly Timber. Remember Belly Timber and all that? Yes. So, yeah. Yes. So you told me yeah, about. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's where yeah, the name was mentioned. He to me. knows you. And I'm very yeah, curious. Yes. 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 You know, we actually haven't even talked about belly timber yet. If you if we want to stop stop animation yet, let's talk about cannibals and period clothing. Uh, oh, so, I'm here just in time. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Body comes on, the cannibals arrive. You know, it's just how it works. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> So, so Bobby, Belly Timber tell us is about... a, a horror western. Yeah, mm. um, Belly Timber is a horror western set in Indiana right. in eighteen twenties, and uh, we took some uh, historical a historical figure here in Indiana. His name is John McCormick. He was the first county commissioner of Indiana before Indianapolis was a state capital, um, and it was pioneer times. And we injected this story of a cannibal clan from Scotland that came across to the new world around this time and they're eating up people for their religion and mm-hmm. john mccormick one of his relatives is becomes one of their victims and so it puts him in the, the big battle with the boys he calls them up and then they have you know a big battle so you know it's we took a, a historical thing from indiana and just put you know a twist on it that sounds I great won, i it, it, it looks great. The trailer was wonderful. I won your poster at Days of the Dead Atlanta, Bobby, for winning the correct awesome. answer. That I knew one. I, they asked me what a. Tri- I said, "Can you give us a trivia fact from Belly Timber?" And I go, "It takes place in 1820." And they're all happy. They also wanted me to bounce, but that's another story. Uh, Horror awesome. geeks tend to like that. You know, Harry. Oh, we. So, oh, we have another caller on the line. Let's see. Wow, this is a busy night. Hold on. Okay. From the 973. It's, it's a birthday party. It is a birthday party. In fact, I got another shot here, and I'm about to take it. Uh, 973 area <laughs> code. You are on with the sexy witches. Hello. Hello, Liz. Happy birthday. Ah, hello. Hello, sir. This is John Hazel. He is I, my ex-roommate, and he also works for the National Park Service. So, uh, so I'm going to drink drink to your health, sir. Here we go. <laughs> Yay, hey, John. How you John? doing? Yeah. Okay. John. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't recognize oh. your voice until you laughed. <laughs> so. Um, so go ahead, Bob. John, hold on the line just for a minute. We're gonna go. We're gonna wrap up with Bobby here in five minutes, crazy. and then I'll have you recap. Then I'll have you recap Otacon for us for a couple minutes. Okay. Sounds good. 
Sounds good. All right. So, Bobby, if there was any, would you do another stop animation film after doing the first one? Yes. Good. I like to hear that. Cause some people say they do it once and they're like, no, don't do it again, you know, because they're not into a puppet. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I love it. Do you need a coven of witches for voices? Because we're really good at that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be great. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. I'm actually a very like good voice you, you know, I really so, do uh, enjoy the stop motion because it's a great break from working with humans that uh, I have so many demands and things from them. They don't show up to shoot. Someone complains. Someone's a horrible actor. Someone's hungry. You know. Mm-hmm. But with the the soldiers, if you just if you fuck up, I'll melt you. Then they usually don't <laughs> fuck up. You don't have to you don't have to feed them. You can, they can, you can leave them in a box. No one just complains. Mold those little yeah. bastards and anything you need. You can crush them. Right. Just say back to the front. <laughs> what, what was your yeah. what was your average seconds a day? How many seconds do you think you shot a day? Well, um, usually we would shoot about maybe two to three minutes. I think. No, That's no, no, good. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No. Well, because we would shoot all day, and we literally would try to tackle a scene. And we, 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 what we did literally should have taken us about two to three years, but we did it in six months. Wow. And it's, it's just every bad. night we would, I was shooting, like we had two different production teams. We, I mean, I was shooting during the day. Then when someone would get off at night, we'd shoot night until about two, three in the morning, listening to the doors, laying there in, on your belly mm. in the front lawn, you know. <laughs> you got to open the doors. Yeah. So to tell you how know, fast, tell you did you have acid and your cat with you? That's, that's the important stuff. That's fun. Right, right. Did I have acid? That's uh, funny. I had some green. We were, well, we were doing a little bit of that. But. All right. So he, here's a true story. Are you ready for some true stories about Nightmare Before Christmas? So yeah. and drugs. Sure. Okay. All right. So my <laughs> friend, my, my friend uh, was the drug dealer for Nightmare Before Christmas. This is absolutely true. Uh, when I in the twenties, no. I'm not saying well, that I was, her, was my her drug friend. Dealer. I'm saying her friend. Her friend was drug dealing. <laughs> For them, okay. Um, his girl, his sister went on set, was dating one of the security guards, right? His sister was da- on the set, and promptly falls in love with Eric Layton, who's the animated supervisor. Ends up dumping the security guard and marries uh, Eric Layton on set. And they're actually <laughs> wow. if you go to the night. If you go to the Nightmare Before Christmas book, you'll actually see a picture of them and their daughter in there, uh, which is kind of cool. Eric Layton ends up becoming, like, not only an animated supervisor, he became the animated supervisor on uh, Weta Workshop's King Kong, and he directed the movie Dinosaur for Disney. Uh, so he ends up doing a lot of great stuff. And uh, so he was telling us that, first of all, we know what drugs they were doing while they were on set. They were all doing shrooms, which is not a big surprise. Uh, the other set thing that they were supposedly doing uh, is, uh, um, you know. Deadly nightshades. I'm sorry. No, actually, they, they have to hear, they have, first of all, they only shot literally five Drag seconds to five minutes of day. That's it. So they they had this huge sign that said no whining, but supposedly the rap party was full of like Breaking Bad type drugs because everyone was trying to speed back up. 
<laughs> so I'm telling the, the I'm telling, but this is supposedly all true. I actually I did, I did go to set. I did see the no whining sign. Uh, so uh, you know, but but guess what happened to that relationship? At like Eric Layton marries this girl Jill, and they have this kid, and it's wonderful. And then like while he's on King Kong in in New Zealand, she ends up dumping him for her uh, for her uh, tennis instructor. <laughs> wow, dang. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I wonder so what happened to the tennis instructor. I have no well, idea. I have it Sounds like somebody likes immediate gratification. I don't know. She 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 went out to New Zealand for like a few minutes and just said, Fuck this, there's too many sheep. So I went back. So uh, you know, she did the, 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 there's you know, it's it, New Zealand is a culture shock if you live in the middle of L.A. Let's just put it that way. So this is all supposedly a true story. So anyway, That's I true. thought that was one of the funniest true. Funniest if she was used to L.A., that. yeah. Yeah, no, she <laughs> totally didn't handle that. So, so Nightmare Before Christmas had a lot of stuff going on. Because remember, that, that set was mostly filmed in San Francisco. A lot of people don't realize that. So, uh uh, you know, Phil, Phil Tibbett is also from the San Francisco Bay Area, and uh, I actually knew one of his underlings, and he was a total cutie, too. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so he used to shop, shop in my incense store once upon a time. So, Bobby, I have to let you go soon here because uh, I know you're very busy. Oh, is there another screening of Devil Dogs, and when's the next screening of Belly Timber uh, for people if they want to go see your movies? Well, right now we are in post-production on Belly Timber, and we are looking to hopefully have that hit the film festival circuit beginning next spring. And Devil Dogs is in the film festival circuit right now, and we are going to have a special screening on Veterans Day at the Indianapolis Art Center. And uh, nice, they're actually nice. doing uh, a small interview this, uh, on our local news channel here with uh, the kid who made like a an American flag full of army men spray painted red, white, and blue. And you step back from this thing, it's a huge American flag, but it's made up of like 4,000 soldiers or whatever. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, so you can look at my Facebook and see a picture of it. But, yeah, one last thing I wanted to say about the film is we literally went through a lot of different um, climate changes in that six months. We started off when it was rainy and muddy a lot, so it was like we were literally out there in the mud with the troops. I mean, and then we went to the hot, blazing sun towards the end of the film in the middle of summer. And, you know, you got thorns, uh, mosquitoes, ants, like just everything. If you're laying on the ground, you're dealing with it. And if you've got a great shot and you just sat down on top of an ant hill, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> the ants are not going to leave. Yeah, so. Well, Thank you so well, much for guys... having me on the show. I really, oh, fully and, appreciate and it. Please... Please, you're welcome to call in randomly whenever you want, Bobby. I know that you always have something going on in your life. You're very, very busy. So thank you for calling in, and and please, uh, you know, keep us in touch, especially when Belly Timber finally goes to distribution, because I haven't seen Belly Timber yet, and I really, really want to. I have your book. I have the book, you know, and I, I have awesome. it right here. I'm looking right at it. But I still want to see the execution because, first of all, it's a Western. I love Westerns. And horror Westerns are few and far between. Yes. And so thank, 
So thank you for going for a genre that people completely neglect. And you're doing two of my favorite genres, westerns and stop animation. So, sweetie, you're great. Mm I love you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, So uh, keep it up. Yeah, and uh, just so you know, my contest, my horror movie contest, this is the first year I'm allowing the genre of Western. So I'm actually allowing Western. Yeah, Western horror is always allowed. The horror film is accepted in my Madness contest in October, but this is the first year I'm actually allowing straight-up Western to be uh, accepted as as a genre this year because we're doing fear of clowns, and so there's a lot of carnivals and stuff like that in Westerns. So I'm allowing it for that reason. Oh, uh, so, Westworld. Uh, Westworld starts on HBO. Oh, God, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Right. Mm. Special bonuses. <laughs> uh, Special yes. bonuses for Westworld. Um, there are also, guess what, guys? There might be a secret film. It's one of the secret films. might be a Western this year. Hint, hint. Uh, scary uh-huh. Clowns. Western. So, Oh, Bo- Bone Tomahawk is an amazing movie. I highly, yes, highly, highly recommend that movie. I like oh my it a God. lot. So yeah. I got to, I got to it, talk to Sid Haig about that at, at Days of the Dead Atlanta. That was pretty cool. So uh, that's you know, awesome. So, uh, that one plays off perfectly like a that one plays off perfectly like a little paperback, you know, western oh, from like yeah, it's perfectly like like a pulp. It plays just like a pulp. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's slow yeah. burns like a western. A lot of slow, westerns can go two vibes. One can be like like speed in your face, in your face, you know, action packed, guns blazing, stagecoaches, trains. But then there's the slow burns, and Bone Tomahawk is in the slow burn, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But boy, is it cool! So, uh, uh, Bobby, as you go, as you leave, leave us today, is your is your western a slow burn or is it in your face shoot 'em up? Um, I would have to say it's kind of a slow burn. They're right. like isolated cool. out in the middle of nowhere type thing. So yeah, it's kind like, of like, like that. Nice. the wit the the witch is also a slow burn. That's almost a western. Yeah, so, I uh, love the witch and I yeah. love Bone Tomahawk. To Bone Tomahawk, we are on the same page. I love that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. So great. I I'm going to go into the. I have another caller on the line, Mr. Easley. I got a. I and he's very very patient. So thank you, sir, John. Uh, so sir, I hey, don't want to let you go, but you I, later, I'm going to let you go. Please oh, call in whenever you want. It's best. And when, yeah, and when belly <laughs> belly timber drops, please let us know immediately. Okay. I sure will. Thanks, hon. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you Thanks, so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. So that was Bobby Easley of uh, Horror Wasteland Productions and his wonderful film, Devil Dogs of Kilo Company. And please look for Belly Timber starting next year in this festival circuit near you. So it is time Seriously. for the community calendar. Here we go. It's a very, very small calendar tonight, even though there's some really – really big stuff in it, like some important stuff in it, because, of course, Labor Day weekend is staring us in the face, right? And we're all going to have important things to do, and there's a lot of things going down. But first things first, please welcome back to the show, John Hazel. John Hazel is not a horror geek in any way, though he is a classic horror fan. He likes classic monster movies. Uh, he just went with my best friend, Kim Watts, to Otakon, which is the largest East Coast anime convention. 
Um, and it's here in the Baltimore area. However, it's its last year in the Baltimore area. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So, John, once again, thank you for being on with the Sexy Witches. Please tell me how was uh, a little bit about your adventures at Oticon. Oticon was actually fun and enjoyable. There was a lot of cosplay there. You were uh, talking about stop animation. There was actually one person dressed up as Oogie Boogie over at Oticon, believe it or not. So uh, that, yeah. Um, I went to a variety of different uh, panels there. Uh, Since you talk about uh, horror and monster movies, one of the panels that I went to actually dealt with uh, both monster movies such as Godzilla uh, and uh, the Godzilla movies, also dealing with things like uh, Ultraman, and uh, they went over... uh, the panel went over items of that nature, which uh, which was actually interesting. Um, another panel I went to uh, also uh, dealt with the history of Japanese anime, which was totally interesting, dating back to, I believe it was like the 1920s, if not earlier. And they were showing some old black and white uh, cartoons uh, that were... Uh, the earliest forms of anime that were made, which was very interesting. Um, Let's see here, what else? And uh, then there was another panel that I went to that dealt with uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, cartoons from the 1980s that was uh, the Transformers. And uh, it was going over the Transformers and also the history of them. And finally... Uh, the last one of the last panels I went to was dealing with the move to Washington D.C. area, which was actually interesting. So, if you want me to specify on any of those, I can. Well, I mean, uh, you, you're welcome. What, we were talking about anime on our last episode, and we were talking about our anime memories go back to the 70s. But you're saying you saw stuff from the 20s. What did that look like? Was it science fiction? Was it what? What, what was? What were they animating in the 20s? Um, well, in the earliest forms uh, of anime, it was how should I say? It was very. Uh, cr- uh, I don't. It was very crude i best i guess is the best way to put it but by the time you reach the 30s and 40s something interesting happens um and that is that you start getting into the issue that the japanese had with america because uh that gets us up to the world war 2 area era One of the earliest forms of that style of anime shows the Japanese going after a mouse that looks an awful lot like Mickey Mouse in an airplane, and uh, they are fighting against him. And that was actually quite interesting to see. If you, I think they said if you Googled Evil Mickey in Japan, you actually might uh, see an example of what I am referring to. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, 
So go I ahead. also know that. Oh no, go ahead. I was going to say that I also know that there was pretty good cosplay going on because it's an Otacon known for its cosplay. Oh yeah. Uh, so and you you actually posted about fifteen hundred photos, if I remember right, from Otacon. Is that right? Fifteen hundred? No, I don't think it was that no. many. But uh, <laughs> uh, more more like fifteen. But yes, uh, you had. Uh, all different sorts of costumes there. Uh, you actually had one person in a full-form uh, Pikachu uh, uh, cosplay. Uh, there was one of uh, uh, there was one person who was walking around as Belle from Beauty and the Beast, and she had it on uh, perfectly. Uh, then um, Kim, uh, who you had mentioned, took a uh, photo of a little girl, the evil genius, and uh, dressed as a princess with other princesses. You had Tinkerbell, um, and let's see here, several of Snow White, Rapunzel, and Ariel all in one photo, and those uh, Disney princesses were actually quite good. Uh, there were other characters dressed up from uh, different Japanese anime that uh, I, I know some anime, but I don't know it all, so there were tons of cosplay there at Otakon. So great. Uh, so thank you for coming on and giving us a quick recap. Now, uh, last thing before you go, we want to talk about this is actually the last uh, time that Otakon is going to be in Baltimore. Just like AwesomeCon, it is changing its venue and moving to D.C. So uh, uh, can you tell us, you, and you went to that panel, so can you tell you a little bit about that move to Ota, uh, next year to Washington, D.C. Convention Center? Uh, yes, I can, actually. Um there were various concerns about uh, about Otakon moving, and I had some myself, which I'll go over. But uh, one of the concerns was space and uh, what they would have. Apparently, when they move to the Washington, D.C. Uh, Convention Center, they are going to have uh, more space to spread out, which means the dealer's rooms I believe are going to be larger. Uh, so that is one issue. Another issue that was brought up was uh, getting to and from Otakon in the D.C. area because uh, they had come up with parking as a uh, problem. And uh, they were hoping to work with or work with people uh, to try to... Uh, uh, talk uh, with uh, the folks about the D.C. Metro because many of the folks ne won't necessarily be staying downtown. They'll be traveling in. And uh, they, uh, they had said that the parking in the Washington, D.C. area is not necessarily uh, the best if you travel into the city. Um, they had said that they had Otakon planned as of right now, I believe, up 
until 2024 in the Washington, D.C. area. They're also working with the hotels in the area to try to get the best rates for folks who were who would be traveling uh, to Otakon. So that's also one uh, plus. Um, were there any questions that you had uh, specifically about uh, the move? Oh, no, actually, that, that actually covers it just fine. Uh, so, um, well, definitely next year, you'll pro- uh, if you come back to the area, we'll probably go with you. And uh, uh, so uh, uh, definitely thank you for coming on the show. Uh, and uh, are you – and please come back on and talk about New York Comic Con when you come on the show in a couple of weeks. Yes, I do have tickets to Comic-Con. Both Kim and myself have tickets, and we will be heading there. One other question I wanted to ask you while you were on the show, uh, and okay. that was that you had talked about horror westerns, as I recall, correct? Yes, yes, I did. Okay. Would, say, the really bad Blood Rain uh a western that came out a couple years ago count towards your horror res- westerns that uh, basically. Well, yes, yes. Blood Rain would count, absolutely, because it's a va- the main character is a vampire. But this year is different. This year I'm allowing all westerns. Uh, it would Blood Rain would have been allowed anyways because the main character is a vampire. So that makes it automatically count as a horror western. But this year you could watch friggin' Uh, 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 once upon a time in the West, you could write and Reno Morricone. Matter of fact, we're actually thinking about you could just Arena watch Morricone the original, like card. the original True Garrett. Mm. Yeah, okay. you could watch the original True Garrett, and that would count too. <laughs> so this year, this year's <laughs> westerns, westerns you can watch. Wed- you don't have to watch a single horror film for the madness this year if you wanted huh. to watch westerns. Now, what's what's fun in that? But you could do that if you wanted to. So, uh, so thank you, John, for coming on the show. And you are we'll welcome. talk to you in a couple Thanks, weeks John. after you do New York Comic Con. Uh, we're going to continue on with the community calendar. And actually, thank you, Bonnie, for coming on the show, because I actually need to talk to you for a second, because you can talk about this you better do. than I can. Yes. Oh, yeah. the, next thing on my, the next thing on my calendar is a friend of ours, a mutual friend, Francis Xavier, just had his movie trailer drop for Less Than Whispers. So I was wondering if you would be able to talk about that a little bit, if you know anything. <clears throat> oh, we actually, well, the trailer's been dropped for a while. Um, we actually just started streaming online. So it's available to the public yeah, as of today. It's available, to, oh, streaming. I thought you said that the trailer was available. Ah. Just the trailer, I'm sorry. Um, no, it is, it's available streaming on Vimeo. So... So, um, so yeah, so that's a now. really big, the whole movie, yeah, it's four ninety nine to rent it, or let me look here, I'm and I think it's 14 yeah, you can rent it for, for three ninety nine or buy it for fourteen ninety nine when you rent it, it's a 20 of 24 hours to watch it and, and rewatch it, and it's located at Vimeo, on Vimeo.com, you can search for Less Than a Whisper, or it's just Less Than a Whisper, the movie, you know. So what, what is Less in the West? West what is less exactly in the, less, less in the West first? It is a supernatural thriller that takes place. A couple has gone through a tragedy. Um, Francis Xavier, the director himself, he plays the, the lead in the, in the film. He's the husband. 
that's going through some hard times. He and his wife have lost a daughter. You find this out through, through mostly through narrative, which is that's a cool thing about the film is it doesn't spoof, spoon feed you stuff really. And they've lost a daughter. You're, you know, and it seems like they've lost a daughter. You're not quite sure. She's estranged, and things are just kind of weird. They've moved into a new house. They're they're finding bones and other things in the property around the house. So they don't quite know what's up. He's seeing people, but he doesn't know if they're specters or if they are trespassers. So he goes to the law to ask some questions, and I'm the deputy that shows up to talk to him about what's going on, but I really don't answer any questions because he's just really kind of a little bit in a, in a twilight zone is what we find out through the movie, and it just gets progressively a bit crazier and crazier, but you don't really know if it's really happening or if he's losing his psyche because there's some other stuff happening in the film that's, that, that, that's, you know, revealed through the film, like, oh, so, yeah, it's like um, one man's like either, you know, when he's like this mental breakdown and it's also just breakdown of everything around him. So, yeah. Well, awesome. So, Less than a Whisper on Vimeo. Rent it. Four ninety nine. Francis Xavier, very young, ambitious little filmmaker he is. And, and uh, you know, and so we're looking we're, congratulations for him releasing his movie. We always are happy about that kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, so, he is our, Less than a Whisper is our instant pick of the week. Um, our net, our DVD pick of the week is a Blu-ray, actually, and it's Ash versus Evil Dead. Comes out today on Blu-ray. Happy birthday Woo! to me, Bruce Campbell and the Man God. So mm-hmm. you can get that. Oh so yeah. Go definitely if you like that, and of course the the, the season opener for Ash vs. Evil Dead is the 2nd of October, the first day of the madness. So I'll probably, because Bruce Campbell is always the only permanent wild card, probably will have some kind of special bonus screening for that. So uh, (laughs) look out for that. Um, Also, just so you know, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn will drop on September 6th on El Rey. But if you if you want right now, El Rey is having a free streaming uh, uh, pro, for from now from today, August twenty third, up to the sixth of all the from Best Till Dawn episodes up to season three. So if you've never seen El Rey or or from Best Till Dawn, you can have a chance to do that. So that's today. So happy birthday to me, Robert Rodriguez has drops, and so does Bruce Campbell. What else do I need in life? So check both that shit out. So uh, so those are the cool. So those things are available. So now we're gonna jump into real quick. We got a very short community calendar tonight, but there's some important things happening. Uh, the next show is on the 25th. The next thing we're gonna talk about, and that is um, Alamo Draft House in Yonkers. Um, they are having a, a, one of our favorite labels on on sexy witches. Actually, uh, it's called uh, the Vinegar Syndrome, which is a exploitation. Yes. They have a uh, private uh, streaming uh, channel on U- on Roku, and uh, they they're just great. Vinegar Syndrome is is really exploitation TV. Are just fun skin flicks from the 70s. Everything you want: boobs, tits, bush, the whole bit. Uh, they're having a secret. We don't know what movie it is. A secret screening at the Alamo Draft House in Yonkers on the 25th. So if you're in New York oh. and want to see something really cool, go see Cinema uh, Syndrome Special Screening. So, um, and then if you aren't around here but you happen to be in Manchester, okay, guys, get this. And and Bonnie, I'm glad you're on for this too. 
Uh, this weekend starts on the 25th, the Starburst Film Festival in Manchester, which is a decent genre festival. It's pretty good. Uh, they have picked up two of our friends' movies. Jill Six, her movie The Stylist, has been picked up, which also screened at Fantasia. Uh, her movie is doing really, really well. So we're it really is. happy for her. It and is. We, we yeah. are so excited that she's doing this well and she's really getting yeah she dominated when um, it when it opened up at Asteria she completely dominated like jury and oh, audience mm-hmm. awards I believe so. all right and I'm gonna have a drink to this next one because not only did they pick up Jill Six hold on a second here <gasps> they also shut, Starburst shut, Film shut, Festival shut. the Manchester mm-hmm. picked up Frankenstein versus Bikers the follow up created by Girls And Jill Six so, helped on that. I think she was like assistant director on on Frankenstein Creative Bikers. Risk stars uh, our girl yeah. Kristen Risk stars in that movie. Yeah. Uh, my boy who's on the show and a judge in the Magic Contest, Nathan Hamilton. He's a featured biker yes, in that. Um, so so both those films are playing in Manchester. So if you happen to be in Manchester, awesome. UK, go see some of our friends' movies. So uh, we're pretty excited about that. So. But uh, next week is really the last of the major horror cons are happening next weekend. There's a few more, of course, going in October. Like Spooky Empire today just announced that Will uh, Yankovic is headlining, which is pretty fucking amazing. Uh, that's so awesome. that's in the end of October. Yeah, it is. Uh, and that's yeah, so awesome and random and awesome. Too. And I want to go. I love him. Chiller had him in Chiller had him in April. Yeah, so he's doing whole. He's I wanted to go to that show. Now, so I know me so too, Ben. Oh, it's it's awesome. So, we're, but but getting back to Labor Day weekend, on the first, mm-hmm. the first of the major last major ones opens, and that's Fan Expo in Canada, which is always a big deal. Uh, they're having uh, as guests, they're having a Daredevil reunion with John Bernasal, uh, uh, what's uh, Ryan Cox and. Uh, uh, Elder Henson, oh. and they're also, yeah. and and of course they're also having their special 50 years of uh, Star Trek, and of course Will, Nichelle Nichols, Will Shatner, and George Takei are all doing a panel together, ladies and gentlemen, wow. which has not happened. Yeah. It uh, they no. do not do panel. George Takei and Will Shatner do not do panels together. So that they're doing a panel is a big deal. And it's, I think it has a lot to do with being in Canada, I'm sure, because, you know, Bill Shatner loves Canada with a passion, obviously. Uh, I was so, going to say, uh, is, that, is but, it because it makes it a neutral zone? or <laughs> I guess so, in this case. So, but that's well, just it like, like a lot of... It's okay, I will meet you in the neutral zone. They're probably yeah, getting senile so. enough to to forget why they why they don't like each other in the first place. Why they fight? Why they fight? Uh, the chat, yeah, and, I believe it. Speaking of geriatric old people, you want to meet everybody in their eighties that you've always wanted to meet is going to be at Fan Expo. Uh, Mark Hamill, Stanley, uh, Adam West, Burt Ward, and for younger people, you get Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, Julian Anderson. John Barrowman. John Barrowman, I think, is doing every fucking convention this year. I and can't killing it. Is, so. Oh, my God. And he is killing it. He's absolutely, like, the squirrel girl costume he wore at San Diego Comic-Con was hysterical. I mean, absolutely you, hysterical. I, oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. And, I'm and, glad or, he's having or, fun Did with you it. see, like, the little, the little pictures of him with the little kid, the baby, dressed as Magikarp? 
No, but did you see the picture? He did an awesome con. One of the photo ops, a guy, a, a guy popped a question in the photo op with John Berman there, and it's the cutest picture you've ever seen. Like, John Berman's like, oh! <laughs> and everyone's like, yay! There is so, not a single Q&A that that man does where he doesn't at least pull his pants down and show the crowd his underwear at least once. Yeah, I know. It, it's great. I oh, love oh, him. And, and and this lineup keeps going. Christopher Lloyd's going to be there. Alex Morena Backrin, Alex Kingston, John and Joan Cusack. Both Cusacks are going to be there. Uh, I would meet John Cusack in a heart attack. Uh, Haley Atwell, Kate Mulgrew, Brett Spinner. I mean, everybody is going to be. There's a whole bunch of Vikings people represented. I mean, it, uh, Fan Expo is where it's where it's at. So if you're in Canada, and Toronto, yeah, Fan Expo is Expo. awesome. The the only thing yeah. I'm sad about is like for a little while they had a tiny horror presence. Fan Expo in Toronto is where they Rue Morgue used to have a little festival within yes. the Expo called the and Festival it was a good of Fear. It was, yeah. and but it, it it petered off in the last couple of years. Then they completely got rid of it, and we all wondered why. And now we know because now they have they have Carnival of is it Carnival of Souls that they call it the new one. And that did surprisingly surprisingly well this this past July. I only did not go because it's actually Hamilton, um, so it's closer to me, you know. Um, Uh But I didn't go because it was the same weekend as Slaughter in Syracuse. So Remorgue has that now. So that's the only thing for me is I love I love cons that have horror. So I never end up going to just the just the comic cons. (laughs) Just the major. uh, Okay. Uh, and bringing it back to home, on the second, there's also two major comic uh, comedia conventions on the second. Uh, first one's back here in Baltimore, the Baltimore Comic Con, which is always a big deal. Uh, the guest of honor is Kevin Eastman. He's uh, he's probably as big a writer as you can get. Um, I actually don't know the guest in Comic Con. Baltimore Comic Con is a true Comic Con. Like the, their headliner is Hodor from Game of Thrones, Kristen uh, Naren. He's actually the headliner. And he's actually going to be spinning a show there. So, because uh, a lot of people don't realize that Hodor is a DJ. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, we talk about it on the show a lot. But, you know, so he, he's the biggest person going to be there. But if you want a true comic con without the, 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 the everything that goes around, I mean, there's still plenty of cosplay. There's still all that shit there. But it's not to the extreme. Uh, oh, and Haley Atwell and Sean Astin are also going to be there. So it's a pretty good lineup. Uh, and then, of course, in the South, in Atlanta, Dragon Con happens, which is the big fantasy media convention. Uh, the, the Atlanta people have been trying to get me to head down there now all year. They've been going, Liz, you got to come to Dragon Con. Liz, you got to come to Dragon Con. I'm like, I don't know if I want to come to Dragon Con. At some point, I will go to Dragon Con. But Netherworld has a presence down there. Netherworld is the walkthrough that Nathan Hamilton works for. It's also a Roy Woolley uh, face-off, the makeup artist. He also works there. And uh, they do a big, uh, they have a parade, and they're always part of the parade. So that's on the second. So you have Baltimore Comic-Con and Dragon Comic-Con. And then on the third, which is Saturday, Erin Marie is going to come visit me, and then she's going oh, yeah. to Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, because our boy theater Italian Spato Fest, which I've gone two years ago. I may not be going this year, but Erin Marie is going this year. And tell us about the lineup, Miss Erin Marie. Oh, I think you know most of it more than I do. They're showing pieces, which I'm very excited about because I haven't seen it yet. Which, by the way, is 
Spanish. That is a Spanish movie. Just so you know, that is a not okay. an Italian film. It is fucking Spanish. I'm like, but we'll forgive them because there's Spanish movie, but there's Italian movie in it. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's another one which I hadn't even heard of, believe it or not, until they announced it. Is whatever happened to Solange? Yes, and that movie is actually being remade, believe it or not. So uh, it's the only film on the list that I have not seen is is that movie. Um, Italian Splatterfest is five movies. It's a great time. This year, even the guys who arranged it are calling it a a crowd-pleasing lineup because it's not Yeah, I'm extremely excited. I mean, even though uh, Italian's not my favorite favorite, I've gotten (laughs) – uh, kind of a weird love hate with it, and zombie. Oh you know, yeah, geez, zombies is like one of my favorites, and just I cannot wait. Yeah, I can't wait to see the you know the the shark zombie sequence underwater on the big uh, screen. That's gonna be gorgeous. This year's this year's Splatterfest is co-produced by Exhumed Films out of Philadelphia, which we all loved. Exhumed Films, uh, they always have the greatest, most fun. They're also having over the Labor Day weekend a special screening at the Mahoney Drive-In called Camp Blood Camp Two, and they're showing like Steve Way Camp and all these fun flasher movies at a drive-in. But um, the lineup in Colonial Theater this year, they're opening with the Troll Two, and it'll be pieces, okay. and then and then Cemetery Man, which is absolutely a gorgeous. Yes, movie that's the other one. Screen. Yes, best yeah, best uh, hit shot ever. I'm sorry, hands down. Well, I don't know if it's best ever, film. but it's up there. It's up there. No. When it comes to boobs, it Perfect. is a gorgeous boob shot. Perfect boobs. Symmetrical, yeah, beautiful, definitely. perfectly lit, angel wings behind, just yeah. amazing. Yeah, we just yeah, love how that, surreal and extremely sexually charged that movie is. Oh, I just yeah. watched it the oh. other night, and like one of my favorite scenes, like the young girl that's like, you know, she's one of one of the girlfriends of you know the the dashing young man on the motorcycle, and you know he he dies. People are coming back to life in this movie. They go, they enter this certain. You don't know if it's a cemetery or just the particular cemetery, or if it's just a phenomenon that's happening everywhere. You have no idea, but people are coming back to life after seven days. So she's waiting for him. She hears about this, and she's waiting for him to come back, and you know she'll do anything to be with him, and. You know, she get they get like kind of like you know, somebody happens upon them and she's like, just stop it. She's like, he's only eating me. He's only eating me. She's like, I'll be eaten by whomever I please. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like, uh, well, when I watched it for the first time, I'd watched it with demons and Black Sunday yes, and that a would be of others. great. Exactly, and it kind of works. Well, and it, it really, really works. I agree, Aaron. It, 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 that, that was my homework assignment when Aaron was yeah. about to throw Italian horror films out the window. She's like, fuck this, I'm done with them. I'm like, no, try two more. Try these two. Demons and Demons Cemetery and Man. Cemetery and I Man. I was right. I was right. They were she the ones that got movies. me. I did. Yeah, so... Uh, so the lineup, of course, is What Have You Done to Solange is the actual name of the film. And that's the only true giallo on the list. And then Zombie, Licio Fultes, which is number three on my favorite horror films of all time. Absolutely one of the best makeup jobs in a zombie movie ever. I, I love that movie so much. Do, 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 do. Zombie versus shark. I mean, there's just so much great about that. And and I often recommend seeing Pieces on the big screen because Pieces, even though I'm giving it shit because it is technically Spanish, not Italian, it is absolutely the dumbest, 
fun film you'll ever see on a big screen. It is so stupid. It's just like blood and chainsaws, and that's it. Oh, God, and I, I can't wait. Pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. It's the best tagline. And ever I'm actually wearing that shirt. <laughs> I bought a shirt, the pieces shirt from Pizza Party Printing. I'm actually wearing it right now. Yay! Pizza Party Printing. Yay! Uh-huh. So, so folks, so go to the Colonial Theater on the third and see Italian Splatter Fest because it's always a good time. And also, if you want to pay a little extra, they always have a little food ahead of time. The mainstay, which is the hotel that's nearby, is not even that far. You, it's a block away. It's, it's a great a block. Even over, I can walk it. Great, I mean, it's hard, but yeah, I can do it. Yes, you can do it. So, uh, and last oh, yeah. but not least on my list. Um, uh, this is also happens to be the anniversary for one of my favorite fantasy films. This, uh, coming up this month or uh, next month is Never Ending Story turns 30 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, Noah Hathaway yeah, is one of my must-meets. Oh, my God. Well, Noah Hathaway is pretty cool. He still looks good for his age. I mean, the boy is never uh, yeah. even when. You know, so Noah Hathaway, and so Fathom, first of all, Fathom Films has figured out that if you do special screenings of anniversary films, people will come, and it's oh, hell great. Yeah. They did, at, they've done, a, they had a slasher lineup, which talked about last episode, they screened Animal House, and they sold that out, and now they are also doing Never Ending Story on the 4th, so if you've never uh, seen Never Ending Story on the big screen, which I have, uh, it is, and you want to see an old school puppetry, so, so Never Ending Story, so that's Come it, that's me, like, I betray you, okay, sorry, they betray look uh, like big, <laughs> strong hands. Don't they? Oh my God! The dude, nothing. The nothing. Yes. Uh, I was my name. But even Did that would be something. Go? No, it was nothing. Nothing. <laughs> a, a hole in the ground would be something. Uh, the Gomorrah. I love the rock biter. The rock biter yeah. is my, oh my favorite. God. I uh, what cleaning? How do you like the Gomorrah? That's like about as evil of a wolf as yeah. you get. Is she there? Queenie. I don't know. Queenie. Did we lose Queenie? No, she's oh, there. Where has our queen? She's still here. I bet we're anyway. muted because she's Are taking. We... We're muted because you're peeing. <laughs> oh, well. Wait, number one or number two? <laughs> <laughs> number nine. I, I pee off. I'm often. No. <laughs> so, I I, I'm peeing right now. Oh, yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm so glad to know that, you know. My day is now complete. Thank you. Uh, so, so do we have anything else to add to the calendar? Because that's it for me. I'm done. I don't think so. No, um, I can't think, I think of anything. Else. I'm just super excited about Italian Splatterfest, and that's about all I'm looking forward to right now. So. Uh-uh. That's I, awesome. I think we're oh, going to have, have more. soccer, but come on, that's October, so. That's October. We're not there yet. So, uh, oh, yeah. We'll but I just, that the, probably. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, that's all I got to say. <laughs> so, uh, I, I do have, let's see, Matt, once again, the madness. I made a mistake. I know I said the madness rule drop was the 22nd. It's not. It's September 20th, that Tuesday. So, that'll be the, uh, that's two episodes from now. So, I'm actually start writing the rules for the madness tomorrow. Tomorrow is my big. Uh, I already have five. I already have five team names in, which is pretty awesome, and the names are pretty cool <laughs> so far. 
Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. So that's what I'm going to look for. Our next episode, though, has nothing to do with horror. We're going to take a small break before we jump full into horror movies for the next month. Or you know, Actually, for me, Madness is six weeks long, you know, not counting the writing and prepping for it, which is actually six months. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Madness kicks into full gear the second to last week in September. So I'm going to take a small break from horror. And the next episode, which is September 6th, we are going to change gears completely. We are going to go burlesque, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have cool. – we're going to – we're going to talk to two ladies on the show. For sure, one is named Loxie Wilbosh, and I'm hoping she's bringing Sherry Sweetbottoms on, who is a local uh, burlesque dancer. Moxie uh, Wilbosh is, is out of Richmond, Virginia, and she can, she produces a show called Burlesque is Coming, which is a Game of Thrones burlesque show. It's actually officially pro- approved by George R. R. Martin, and they were on our last, last episode's calendar because they just started their tour, which does a lot of stuff in Virginia, but then it it goes all over the place, including it goes to the theater that um, uh, George R. R. Martin owes in Santa Fe, and they do a show there, which is pretty awesome. So she'll be on. Uh, she'll be on on the sixth. So that'll be a great episode. And uh, Queenie loves Nurlesque, so I can't wait for Queenie to, um, you know, get to talk to these ladies. So you know, dressing up like nerds and then taking off your clothes. What can be possibly wrong with that? You know, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So that's the sixth, and then the 20th is Madness episode. And then we take a little time off, ladies and gentlemen, because I cannot do the Madness contest and my show at the same time. This is too much work, too much prep. We'll probably either come back. I haven't decided which date it will be. It depends on our guest. It'll either be October 18th or October 25th will be our Halloween annual Halloween episodes. And this year's guest, tentatively set, it's in pencil. 100% is Dr. Eric Q. Lobo, the horror host from Pennsylvania, Yay. who also hosts Pop Blob Fest. So he'll be on the show. And we are either going to talk Sexy Witches, which has always been a great episode, or we're going to talk about the 200 Years of Mary Shelley, which will be another Frankenstein, because this is the uh, official anniversary of the birth of science fiction. So we got to talk about that on our show. So, um, uh, so anyway, other than that, I want to thank everyone that was on the show today. We're going to cut it off a little early because I've got more Jameson strength, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, as much as the show. And it's your birthday. Uh, it's my birthday. We do have today. to do like a pack, a pack howl and a sing. I don't know, something. Do well, so did we, we find Queenie or is she not there? I don't know. I see her. She's I not. See her on hold, All right. But she, I don't. I don't she know. She's not here. You can do it. I'll follow your leader. Maybe she fell ready? asleep. We don't know. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll wake her up with howling. All right. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Happy birthday to you. All right. Thank you, ladies. I think we're done for this evening. I want to thank you, Bonnie, for calling in and just shooting it up. Thank you. It came in right on time because I had stuff that you totally knew about. So thank you for calling in. And oh, thank you, as always, sex. 
Sexy Witches, Queenie, and Sexy Witch, Erin Marie. And I want to thank Bobby Easley for calling in. We've already gotten someone that said thank you. It was a great interview. So people are actually listening to the You know, to if we could just have Woo! him... If we could just have him call in and just say hello, sexy witches, or just like play it on a loop. Oh, he has a nice time voice. Call in. That would be he great. has a nice voice. I approve of his voice. I just want to tell Seth on the phone, but I have. I don't want. I didn't want to tell him because he's like. I think he's totally married. But Bobby Easley is a hottie. Absolutely Ooh, gorgeous. Sounds gorgeous it. man. Oh my god. So so I want to say you're beautiful. I'm touching my hair Easley. right now and my neck. And thank you for coming on the show. We really really appreciate it. I'm gonna have to sample that. Thank you for letting us. Come you know, on, okay. Witches. Woo. When you were talking, when you were talking about Phil Tippett, I literally had to go look him up. And while I was looking him up, I noticed he did Jurassic Park dinosaurs as well, right? Yes, he was originally. Yes, he was actually originally supposed to do stop animation for Jurassic Park. And his tests, you can go online and find his tests. And for the Raptors, are amazing. Some of the best stop animation you've ever seen. But the the computer graphics guy ran out, like one out. When they did their test, it was like, holy shit, we gotta go CG. However, Phil Tippett is the one who invented the maquette that they used to create the animation for Jurassic Park. So, you know, they're using an actual statue, and then they move the statue, and that movement goes into, captured into a computer. So Phil Tibbet actually still did stop animation for the CG characters in Jurassic Park. So, yes, Phil Tibbet. I know, that, that but that I knew that name, so. and it was because he had the title Dinosaur Supervisor, and it was because of that meme that came out that was like, you had one job, Phil. <laughs> one job, Dinosaur Supervisor. Yeah, so it was, yeah. He, he, it was fucking he's, he's amazing. Yeah, so anyway, guys, we'll be back in two weeks on the sixth day talking burlesque and dancing and naked girls and naked boys and, and naked girls reading. And then we'll be back for our Madness and the annual Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness Protest of Facebook, the only place where you can go and watch a month of, bunch of movies for a month on some of the most gruesome, horrible subjects, and still people will love you for it. So come back on for those things. We're going to leave tonight with a song by a, a man named Jarvis, and this is from The Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is a great Wes Anderson stop animation movie, if you have never seen it, starring George Clooney. And uh, and it's called Mr. Fox and Mr. Petey. So thank you, sexy witches, and good night now. Blessed be and good Phil hunting. Thank you all. Good night. About a handsome little fox, let me sing you folks a yarn. Hey, diddle-dee-daddle-da-daddle-do-doodle-dum. Was a splendid little fella full of wit and grace and charm. Say, diddle-dee-daddle-da-yappy-o-doodle-dum. Well, like any little critter needing medals for his medicine, well, he stole and he cheated and he lied just to survive. Now those sheep are misfit, 
Where there's a whole bus one day hill Singing diddle dee dum da do 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 dum And as far as I can reckon They're sitting up there still Singing zippy zee zappy zay yappy yo making it up as I, as I went along, really. That's just weak songwriting. You wrote a bad song, Petey.